I'll give you a couple things just to write down as you're thinking about then. My definition of a fast for me is the denial of self for the pursuit of God. The denial of self for the pursuit of God. When Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I believe that when we do that, that when we put God first and seek Him first in all things, that everything else just works out better. Amen? Keeping God first and keeping Him formal. There's a principle that I haven't taught in a long time. It's called the principle of first things first. And when we live by that and keep God first place in our life, and a lot of things, years ago I read it in the Living Bible, even when it comes to tithing, we say, well, why does God do that? The Living Bible in Deuteronomy 14 says the principle, the purpose of tithing is to teach us to keep God first. Because it would be that part, God, I will honor you first. I will keep you first. I will uh, obey you first and live for you first and foremost. And so that's an important thing. And uh, it is And then, get this, something that you can't put down has control of you. You do not have control of it. If there's something that you couldn't put aside for six days, for two days, for six hours, for eight hours, for an hour, for ten minutes, for something. If if I can't put something down, if I can't set something aside, I'm not in control, it's in control. Amen. I have people, you know, where they have different addictions. I could quit anytime. Well, th- make this anytime. Well, I don't really want to yet. No, th- you're not in control. It is. And it doesn't have to be a substance. It could be anything. And, and I'm amazed at, at how addictive, hear me, at how addictive electronic connection has become. I mean, people are addicted. They, they, if, if they don't have it, they don't know how to act. They, I've, I've seen people shake. The matter, my battery's dead. <laughs> waiting for it to charge. Amen. And uh, people run up. Do you have a charger in your car? Can I get a fix real quick? Just a, just a three-minute charge. Amen. Amen. But even like this, if if you want to think about coming to church next week. You, would, you, have a, you and I have regular schedules for your time. And so to give God other time, you would have to fast your regular schedule. What you do on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. You have a regular schedule. So you would have to push, push away from that and fast that in order to reschedule God in that place. And put something else in that place. So uh, my encouragement is to begin the year... Uh, breaking off and unneeded voices in our lives. And so seven days of phone or media silence and uh, just consider yourself in a no reception zone. You say, oh, you didn't get back to me. What happened? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was in a place where I didn't have any reception. Amen. And when you get alone from God, I found this out. As long as I'm letting other people speak, God won't talk. God doesn't interrupt your conversations. The Holy Spirit is always a gentleman. So as long as you're engaging, he's not going to go, hey, look at me. Amen. He'll let you run into something and you go, hey, you should have been listening to me. Are we doing all right? Praise the Lord. And uh, so I encourage you, think about that. Pray about that. I know there's been transformation in our lives and for our church. And uh, 
I'm excited about that. Praise the Lord. Tonight we're going to have prayer at 6 o'clock and, and finish the year with prayer. And then coming this Tuesday night, instead of our regular church service, we're not having classes back here. We're just gathering in the sanctuary like we did last Sunday morning. And we're just going to have prayer and thanksgiving and be thanking God for this year and then moving into this next year. Amen? So Tuesday night, uh, there is no child care. We're meeting here. There are no other classes that we just come together. It's important that we worship together as family and then that we pray together as a family. Maybe your children have never seen you pray and seek God and that. But coming together as a family and seeking God for an hour, uh, that'll be this Tuesday night. Also on Sunday nights, we don't have child care. We just have, have just prayer in the sanctuary here. So tonight at 6 and Tuesday night at 7. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open to Jeremiah chapter 27. Or chapter 29, excuse me. Jeremiah 29. When it comes to goals and uh, things for the future um, in this year and our vision, just praying and seeking the Lord, I'm excited uh, uh, through Christians United for Israel. I have the opportunity to go with uh, 32 other pastors, I think, right now to, uh, to Israel. I'll be going, I leave uh, January 15th, so in just two weeks, leave for Israel, a seven-day tour to go there. First time in all my years of ministry, being able to go to Israel. Very excited. Pastor Francis Infuso, Joey Steelman, Pastor Doug Bird, and uh, um, uh, Richard Cardoza, which are all personal friends of mine, and then Randy Neal, all of us, so six of us that are very close together get to go, and uh, with other pastors uh, from around uh, the western coast here. So going to be an exciting time and looking forward to that, and uh, I really expect God to do something in my life. I'm not going there for a for a, uh, a vacation, I'm going there for an encounter. Amen. And I, I'm excited about that and, and looking forward to it. And uh, so uh, I, I believe God has some great things for this year. But for me, for my personal goals, I'm just kind of stripping everything back. And uh, during these 21 days, we'll be continuing to pray and to fast while we're there during that time with you here. But uh, I'm just asking God to, to redirect and help me rethink so that this year we could redefine everything we do by just finding an increase for souls. How many would agree that 2013 would be a year that we as a church would see more souls saved than ever before? And uh, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, Donnie Moore called me uh, right after he was here uh, on the 16th. He called me back that week, and, and then I got back to him. And then he called me back again, like Christmas Eve, and we were talking. And he goes, hey, God's just been putting this on my heart. So we've actually scheduled him to come back in March and uh, Sunday the 16th for that whole week. And we're going to be working. Please be in prayer, and we're going to be praying about this during this first 21 day, because that week is the week before Easter break for uh, spring break for our schools and so it's kind of a crazy week but we want to believe God that Union Mind will let us on campus to do an assembly there amen and uh, and the coolest thing is that we've been working with Donnie for years to get him instead of going out to, to other venues and having big 
venues, but just to have night meetings in the local church. So we're believing God that during that week in March that uh, we'll get an opportunity to be on several campuses around the area, some of our junior highs. We can get in the junior highs. We can get in continuation school. But we really want to get on Union Mine High School where we have the most favor. And, uh, but you begin praying with us right now for that to happen. And then on those nights that those kids and their parents will come and through night meetings all that week that we'll see just a multitude of souls come to Christ. Amen? But that's what we want for 2013. God, give us just wisdom and clarity and direction on winning souls in this coming year. I believe that people are going to be more open. There's so much that man has put trust into that's just falling apart. I heard a great statement the other day, and, and it was about the whole thing with the fiscal clip. But one guy was saying, hey, our politicians dig these holes for themselves. And when it comes to the fiscal clip, they, they dig a hole for themselves, and they have no idea how to get themselves out of it. So they created this problem with no idea on how to fix it. And so it's, anyway, uh, we do that a lot, but it's so important that we learn how to trust God and rely upon Him no matter what. Amen? Jeremiah 29 and beginning in verse 10. For thus says the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my what? Good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you and expect it in. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go up and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, says the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Hallelujah. So for you and I, it's important to understand that God has a promise and a future for us. Would you agree? I'm, I'm, I'm fully convinced that God already has, and I've been living it the, over 30 years now, that God has a plan prearranged for my life. And if I just stay focused, if I can eliminate the distractions, like I said, cut out the other voice and just get where I hear His voice. He said He would lead me and He would guide me and direct me in the path that He has for my life. Amen? He said that my step, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And I believe that God has that for us. Look at your cover of your outline with me. There's a principle in life that I've found to be very true, which is just this. And I shared this a few weeks ago on Tuesday night. Is that the way you leave determines how you enter. It, that'll never change. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter what's going on. How you left your house this morning determined how you entered your car. Whatever went on in your car determined how you walked through this building. How you leave determines how you enter. Amen. It, it always works that way. This doesn't matter if it's a place, a job, a relationship, a church, or even our salvation. I watch a lot of people that struggle with their salvation because they won't leave their old life to walk in a new life. If you don't leave, you can't enter. You know, it, you, you can't stand here halfway in the door and say, I'm getting in my car. No, you're not. You're standing in the door. You can't say, well, I'm living for God, standing in the old life and saying, I'm living in the new life. Are you with me? 
It doesn't matter whether it is a, a, a job, a relationship, church, a day, or even our salvation. How we leave the old or the past will always determine how we enter our future or the next phase or season of our life. You cannot enter a new place without leaving the previous place. As we depart from 2012, let us find the resolve to leave well. If it was good, leave looking for even better. If it was bad, leave looking for much better. If it was painful, leave looking for healing. If there was loss, leave looking for restoration and increase. If it was the worst year ever, leave looking forward to the best year ever. Amen. Never drag yesterday into your tomorrow when God has promised to us that His mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah was telling God's people that a day of change was coming when He would bring them out of their captivity and restore to them what had been lost and fulfill His promise and His future to them. Listen, they're in captivity and God said there is coming a day when you are leaving here and entering into what I have for you. And some people might have had it good in captivity. Some people might have it bad. But God says there's coming a day when you're going to leave here and enter there. You will leave here and you will enter there. And how you leave always determines how you enter. If you leave carrying the experiences and the hurt and the pain of where you're coming from into the place you're entering, you will only have where you were and where you've entered. Are you listening to me this morning? You have to leave those, some of those things behind. Israel was notorious for not leaving well. The way they left Egypt caused an entire generation to die in the wilderness. I mean, I can look back and I think about our church. We had a great year. And I, wa I, I want to remember all the great things we did. God used us. We did a lot of great things. We helped a lot of great people and, and doing ministry and everything. It was an amazing year and things that God opened doors for us to do. And I'm thankful for that. And then there were hard things that happened this year as well. But either way, I, I want to stay excited about what God has done. Focus on the good things. Are you listening? to me and then move forward to what God has already prepared for us in this coming year if you go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in your Bibles I want to go through this quickly because I want us to finish this year just praising and thanking God I want us to leave rejoicing in the goodness of God amen 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it's speaking in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not have you ignorant of how all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So what Paul's saying there says, hey, they came out of Egypt but they didn't leave that behind. The way you leave determines how you enter. God says, I'm taking you into a promised land. I'm bringing you out and I'm taking you in. But they could not enter in because there was something from where they came from that would still connect them and cause them to keep looking back. And every time it looked like, and God says, I'm going to provide for you. I love this fact. When God says, I'm leading you, he's also providing for you. There's very little that I worry about. Cody and I were talking about things the other day. And I said, you know, your mom and I have different personalities. I said, you need to, and, and I don't mean this wrong, but I said, you, you need to, to, to try to major in mine. 
Because, no, Pastor Sue is awesome, but we're two totally different. I rest a lot, and I try to have a major influence on my wife. How many know what I'm saying? But, and Cody goes, I'm a lot like mom. I said, well, listen, you got an equal dose of both of us. Okay, so, so try to be like me too. And think, but, but he's very, anal- and it's amazing, but he's very organized, analytical, and, and has to have all the answers. I don't need any answers. Most people say, Pastor, what are you thinking about? And I said, well, nothing. And that's not because I'm in my nothing box. That's because I'm not thinking. Amen? And so consequently, I don't worry. Because when, when you get done worrying, worrying is a useless activity. Because you can't, it doesn't, it just expends energy. And I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> Keith and I were talking the other day, and, and, and we were talking, we went for a drive, and he picked up a part for his bike, and we're talking about, and he was talking about when, when he was in the, the motorcycle club and stuff, when they got up, the first guy up made the coffee, and they put a scoop of crank in the coffee. I said, dude, I said, I never liked speed like that. I said, if I did that stuff, I, I said, I did because I wanted to stay down longer. I mean, I just, I was a slow dude. I just slow, <laughs> relaxed. Amen. So I wouldn't have been a part of that. <laughs> and then he said, him and his brother, his brother, he got up and he forgot to turn the coffee on. And, he, and the first guy up was supposed to make the coffee. And then his brother got up and made the coffee and put a double dose in. So it was a happy camp there that day. Everybody running into each other. But just in, in, in relaxing and being at peace in yourself and trusting God. God has planted out for you. Be at rest. Be at peace in Him. But every time the nation of Israel came to play, what are we going to do? We don't have any water. We don't have any food. I wish we were back there. Back there. And they, they remembered the meal they had, but they forget, forgot the slavery they were in. And they kept looking back to something that was a place that they needed to be delivered from. And the Bible says when they were there, God came and delivered them because their cries have come up to Him. God, deliver us, get us out. And the thing that they had cried to be delivered from, because they didn't leave well, they were looking back to saying, we want to go back. Even to the place that they said to Aaron, hey, we don't want to stay down here while Moses is up there talking to God. Nice thing with the clouds and the fire and the thunder and hey, the shake and I'm God. Cool voice, all that stuff. But build us a calf and take us back. Are you listening to me? So how you leave determines how you enter. They did not leave well. And verse 6 says that those were an example. Look down at verse uh, 11. Now all these things happened unto them for our examples and are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So don't follow their example. Leave better than they did so that you can enter. Are you listening to me this morning? So they gave us that example. Listen, we are each given the choice of how we will leave and how we will enter. This is more than an end of the year resolution. It is a daily life application. Anybody in here have a life application Bible? Some some people have them. Nobody here. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Every day we're making the determination of how we will leave and how we will enter. It's virtually impossible to leave one place wrong and the next place right. can't why because you can fake it for a season but it will show up eventually 
Husbands and wives leave the home. You, you have a fight before one goes off to work or both go off to work. You can show up at work and everybody say, How's it going? Oh, fine, wonderful, glory to God. And you have your face on for a second. But you're, brew- you're still brewing. You're still stewing. You're still, you're still back at home fighting. And you're trying to function on your job. And then as soon as the first frustration comes up on your job, blah! How come I'm not getting any amens right there? It blows up. And we go, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's just paper stuck in the copier. And it blows up like it's a major deal. Amen? Because the way you left determined how you... And you can suppress it for a season. But sooner or later, it's going to show up. Relationship. People do that in relationships all the time. The future always comes from the past, but it does not have to be shaped by it. That's what God's saying. I'm bringing you out of bondage, but your future isn't shaped by the past that you've been in. Your future doesn't have to be shaped by it. We can choose God's pre-planned future for our lives regardless of our past. Tomorrow was never intended to be an extension of today. Hear me. To just go on, but not to see any hope for tomorrow. That's where we're supposed to live, in the hope and the promise of tomorrow, not just a longer today. The devil will always try to discourage you with your path while God is trying to promote you to the promise of your future. The enemy likes to tell you, you've been here before. You've tried to change before. I know you have a deep desire to change, but you will just end up discouraged like before. This will be like that. You and I have to be willing to take a stand and declare, no, this will be a breakthrough. So I don't care what 2012 is. If it's great, rejoice in the great. If it's bad, rejoice that it's over. Whatever it is, decide to leave with the right attitude, with the right perspective, looking forward to the promise of God. Are you with me this morning? This is going to be a breakthrough. Make the change. Choose the future over the past. God has declared He has a future for you. I like it. God showed up with Jeremiah. He showed up. I'm going to, this captivity is coming to an end. You've heard me preach before and declare it to before. When, when, because of God's word in my life and the assurity that I have of God's promise in my life, when something comes against me, my, my response is this. This too shall pass. I've already seen enough bad come and go and I am still here. Do I have any friends in the house this morning regardless of what this year was good or bad you are here and we are there on the precipice of stepping into a brand new year so whatever it came and it passed and we are moving forward and God says hey I'm here to give you a hope and a future God is always forward-minded and he always gives us forward vision never back hindsight We learn and we gain wisdom by experiences, but God says keep looking forward, keep your eyes directed forward, keep moving to the plan and the purpose that I have for you. Because if you walk out of here this morning looking backwards, you will run into people and walls and obstacles. Amen. And if you drive looking backwards, well, you know what will happen, praise the Lord. Amen. And you can blame it on the person in front of you, but your eyes were backwards, not forwards. Are you with me? And yes, it was an accident, but it's an accident that could be avoided by forward vision. Are you listening to me? So important. Thank God. God has declared a hope and a future for you and for me. We are in a season where we must learn to operate differently without giving up our dreams and our expectations. How many would agree with that? This season, yeah, it's crazy. Nobody knows. I haven't heard a smart person anywhere. I quit watching political television, especially after this lax election. They are all stupid. 
Every politi- I'm convinced every politician has Dane Bramage. <laughs> Amen. They're, they're, they're just messed up. Because they talk. Wait, listen, listen. Wait, wait, wait. They have no money. There is no money. For them to say, we're going to do this and do that. Every dollar they spend or they say they're spending, every new commission they appoint, everything they do, they have to borrow money to do anything. It is ridiculous. And yet we just keep promising, we keep doing, we're giving to nation, we're giving here, we're giving there. We will help you. We're borrowing money to rebuild after hurricanes, to do anything, to, to, to people for, for declare a natural disaster, don't and pledge billions of dollars. To re- we need to do that, we need to help. But we don't have any resources to do that. We're borrowing that from China or for somebody to pay to fix our own land. We are a nation that is more upside down than anybody's house has ever thought about being. Amen. It's about time for the people to for. I'm, I better quit. We need to foreclose and take back our property. Amen. The last time I checked, this was our nation, not theirs. Amen. This belongs to us. We the people. Just saying. Start a foreclosure movement. Amen. Shut it down. Amen. Stay with me this morning. So you can prosper on every level in famine. You just have to sow, plan, and Pursue. So plan and pursue. What I said, how you end in the offering, you made a determination how you would end this year giving to God. Whether you would sow or not at the end of this year for the hope of what's coming in the next year. You, you have opportunity. When the opportunity comes, it comes and it goes. You don't miss seasons of opportunity that produce times of purpose. Never miss that. We will not go to the next level in this season on the motivation that got us here. The level of our motivation now in this time will determine our next level in every area of our lives, both physical and spiritual. We must be motivated by more than just avoiding pain. We must be driven by the promise of a breakthrough and the desire to overcome the obstacles that have held us back on every level. This is why we must choose who choose to desire to leave the old to have the new even if the old was good remember good is the enemy of great amen you could have a good job you could have a good relationship you could have that but God has purposed that you would have great on every level sometimes we have to make a very deliberate decision to change by pressing further into what God has for our life casual intentions to change never produce effective results would anybody agree that's why I'm talking about prayer and fasting for the first 21 days and taking starting next Sunday and fasting, rescheduling. Say, wait a minute, that, that's kind of aggressive. Yeah, but you're not going to change without making a deliberate intention to do so, to press into something, to put something aside, to pursue something better. We go through seasons of giving our flesh a time out only to see it rise back up in rebellion again. How many have ever done that but me? Said no to that thing, said no to the ice cream, said no to this, said no to that. And the next thing you know, on the way home, when your wife tells you to stop and just get half and half and milk and butter, you come in with three new half gallons of ice cream too. <laughs> because tummy had a time out, it's time he was good. So time for tummy to rejoice again, praise the Lord. But I'm just using that, but it's in other things. I'm not going to touch this, I'm not going to, that's detrimental. But we, if we don't crucify it, it comes back to lie. Paul wrote to the church in Rome that they were to crucify the old man. How I many know oh, that's not a popular term? 
crucified, put to death, the flesh with its deed. The purpose was to deliver us from being slaves to sin. I know it's not a popular outlook on dealing with our personal problems, but it's the answer that produces a victorious life in Christ. We're faced today with the same questions that we faced last year at this time. What will we change? What will we keep the same? What will we accomplish that so far seem to be out of reach? But change never comes to our lives without the deliberate intention on our part to change. It just isn't going to happen. Change is never an accident. Look, somebody said, man, how have you changed? You changed. Yeah, I changed on purpose. Amen. Let me ask you. How many of you just, you, you don't even know how you got here today? You walked through the door and said, whoa, how did I get here? Wow. This is weird. I didn't intend to show up here. This is weird. No. You, 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 you intended. Every now and then, we've had people every now and then driving down the road and they go, man, I, I just felt like I, I turned in here. I didn't even know why, but I, I turned in here and came in. So like once every three or four years, somebody drives in and didn't intend to be here. And God put a hook in their jaw and God's been working on them, pulling on them. And then they find themselves in a church service somewhere. But the majority of the time, people, you intend to, you, 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 fully, you already know where you're going. The minute I say goodbye, you already know where you're going. You already have intention. Whether you're going home, going out to eat, going someplace, going to go do something, you already know. You know what you're going to be doing tonight, and when I'm asking you to come to prayer, you have no intention of changing that? Because that would be a deliberate change, an intentional change. Are you with me? So nobody shows up anywhere on accident. And change is never an accident. We can all sense a need to change, but too many times it gets swallowed up by the sin of tomorrow. Which is what? Procrastination. I'm going to work on that tomorrow. Amen. I've been going to go to the gym for six and a half years tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to go down there. Next week, I'm going to the gym. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will rob you of your victory today. We accept procrastination in the place of pursuit. We settle for retaining in the place of forsaking. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. For time's sake, I'll turn there quickly because I marked it and read it to you. 2 Timothy 2 says, verse 22 says, You also flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Amplified says it like this. Shun youthful lusts and flee from them. And aim at and pursue righteousness. All that is virtuous, good, right living, conformity to the will of God and thought, word, and deed. And aim at it and pursue faith, love, and peace, harmony, and concord with others. And fellowship with all Christians who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Verse 23. But refuse. Shut your mind against having nothing to do with trifling, ill-informed, unedifying, stupid controversies over ignorant questioning. For you know that they will foster strife and breed quarrels. I love it when I can find stupid in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, hey, aim at, aim at the good. But you have to pursue it. It has to be an intent to aim at something that you're not going to hit something aiming at it on accident. Amen? Praise the Lord. Think about it. 
Deliberate intentions will never be put off until tomorrow. One reason we refer to tomorrow is that we have no specific vision and purpose attached to our lives. We are in motion, but without a definite destination. Amen. Let me just say that you, you might be here and maybe the last couple years or several years and things that just frustration in pursuing God and living for God over the years. I just had so many people get frustrated in what to do. Connect your life to people. Proverbs 11 verse 31 says, He that wins souls is why. The tree of, right, of the righteous the, 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 is, is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. When you just start loving people, amen, and just start reaching out, God, who is it that I could touch? Who is, send me to somebody to help. Jesus just went about doing good. I, I love what it says that just Jesus of Nazareth, when Peter went to Cornelius, this Jesus of Nazareth, who God anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. How many know you don't have to go very far to find somebody that's oppressed? I came up here last night and checked on things for, for this morning and, and set some of our heaters on low in that. And uh, so it wouldn't take so long to warm up this morning. And I stopped at Walmart to, to, to pick up an item that I was looking for there. And the lady's checking me out. She goes, man, I don't know what it is, man. She's like, it's just like I've worked here for eight years. And then like my reward is I came down with pneumonia on Christmas. It's like bad karma. And I said, you know what? Caramel only belongs on chocolate. Whoa. Yeah, put that in your karma and smoke it. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. She goes, wow, that was really good. I said, yeah, caramel and chocolate is always karma is bad, but caramel and chocolate, you can do that. Praise the Lord. But I'm just telling it's not hard to find people. She's oppressed. And so just do something good. Encourage somebody. Pray for somebody. The other day, a lady, we took our car over there, the husband of the guy who we, we work, work on our car and stuff, and I took Jamie's car over there, and he fixed it, and his wife comes out, and she's out there hosing down their driveway and stuff, and she was coughing and going on, and, and, and I said, hey, can I pray for you? She goes, yeah, and I just prayed for her right there. She goes, oh, thank you, just melted down. You, you, you don't have, if you ask somebody to pray for them, to do good, just start loving people. Amen. Just start loving and connecting. God's will and His plan for your life is always connected to people. Not always those right around you. You might not be connected. God might have you connected to the lady at Walmart that's got Carmel and Karma confused. She needs more people in her life. Amen. That'll say something when they're like that. When people share something, come on, they open the door. Anything you say after that is fair game. Amen. Praise the Lord. As the worship team comes back. One reason we refer to tomorrow is that we hold no vision or purpose attached to our life. We're in motion, but without a definite destination. Proverbs 29, verse 18, out of several translations, reads like this. Where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, Darby says. Without a vision, a people made naked. Is a people made naked. How many know that's not good? That comes from Young's literal translation. Where there is ignorance of God, crime runs wild. But what a wonderful thing it is for a nation to know and keep His law. 
where there is no vision, no deliberate intention in our lives, we cast off restraint, making tomorrow a viable option to changing today. No one shows up anywhere in life on accident, against their will, only deliberately. We can surrender our will in many different ways, but we make the choice to do so deliberately. I became an IV drug user deliberately. Nobody held my arm down, stuck a needle in my arm. Everything I've done, I've made the choice to do. The option was set before you, me, but I made the choice. Everything was put before me, but I made the choice to do it. I deliberately intended to do what I was doing. I could say I was influenced. I could say I was enticed. I could say I was tempted. But how many know I made the choice? We do that when we take that responsibility just by owning up and saying that, God, I made the choice. I'm, I'm not going to play the blame game. I'm not a victim. I'm a victim of my own choices. You break the back of the devil right there. And he goes, wait a minute. I can't get him to agree because if he can get you to keep blaming somebody else, you'll never confront the one who's your worst problem. And that's myself. Are you with me this morning? But God says, hey, I'm going to show you how to leave. Get your eyes off of where you've been. Get your eyes off the captivity you've been in and know that I I have a plan, I have a hope, and I have a future for you. Choose to leave and choose to enter. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let me close these last two thoughts. Being taken somewhere against your will is called abduction and kidnapping. And neither God nor the devil can do that. And I believe in the rapture of the church, but there are a lot of people just wanting to be kidnapped from this earth in a rapture so they don't have to own up to living a real Christian life. Uh-oh. That's not what the rapture's about. The rapture comes at the end of the age. And the end of the age comes when we're about our Father's business and we perform what He told us to do. And so the way to, 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 to expedite it is to win one more soul and one more soul and one more soul. Because I believe there's going to come a day when somebody says, I confess Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And God said, that's the one I was waiting for. Boom. And the church is out of here and everything else takes place because there's a lot of stuff in order right now. But if you go back and you read, Paul says there's something that's restraining. And that's the Holy Spirit at work in the earth through the church. And at the moment that the restrainer is taken out of the way, then Antichrist comes and all kinds of things change. Amen? Who was it uh, Chris was telling us in prayer this morning? He said there's a new Bible, the Queen James Version. And now they have Chrislamism. Chrislam or Chris, Christian and Islam blended together. We're living in a day that's changing. Amen? And, and, and we're going into a brand new season. So how we leave determines how we enter. I want to enter with my eyes focused on God, looking forward to what God has for me. Believe that if last year was like captivity, He has a hope and a future for me. No matter what it was, there's a promise, there's an expectation, and God's going to take us there. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I think about this all the time. There's never been an accidental arrival in heaven or hell. I'm not going to show up in heaven on accident and say, man, how did I get here? I intend fully to end up in heaven. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm choosing to leave well and to enter well. And I'm choosing to leave my plan for His promise. Stand with me this morning. Come on, this is our last Sunday morning. 2012. What a great year. Crazy year. Some things turned out the way we thought. Some things turned turned out the way we never thought they would. Things are happening all around us. Disasters are happening all around us. I don't know about you. I'm glad that my house wasn't destroyed in a hurricane. 
I'm, I have so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful that nobody went into a school where my children were and I lost a child. I'm thankful that nobody went into a mall where my family was and I lost a family member. I'm thankful that so much of the disaster and the pain, I'm thankful when the fires and things are happening and we hear about calamity and distress. Come on, there's something, maybe we've experienced loss or something, but like I said at the end, no matter what's happened, good or bad, we are here and we're on the place of taking a step. The way you leave determines how you enter. As they lead us for the next few moments, I want you just determined to leave 2012 behind. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever way. And just for the next moment, worship God for the hope and the future that He has for you. No matter what. And make a deliberate intention. God, as I go into this next year, maybe you make great strides in your walk and in your intentions and putting things down. And Praise God. But let's say, God, I, I'm deliberate about where I'm going in this next year. Would you do that just for the next few moments? And just worship God with me as they lead us? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Found in your hands fullness yes. of joy. Hallelujah. Every fear suddenly wiped away. Here in your presence, all of my gifts now fade away. Every crowd no longer on Here in your presence, heaven is trembling in awe of your Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, your grace and your mercy. In our 